So today we continue with our sermon series, these three, about the marks or the character of the Christian life, which are faith, hope, and the greatest of these is love. And so today and next week, we're going to be looking at Christian love, which is probably twice as important as the other two. Uh, I also want to let you know that uh, being a little scattered this week, that uh, I put 1 John 3 in the bulletin, and it's actually 1 John 4. So I told uh, Phil not to show uh, 1 John 3 while I'm reading 1 John 4, but you can pull your pew Bible out if you want to read along with me this important passage on God's love. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. This is the word of God for the people of God. So one of the most important phrases that we Christians use is this phrase, God loves you. And it's an important word because it encapsulates the entirety of our Christian faith. God loves you. God has poured out his love in Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit so that we ourselves might grow in love and overflow in love to the world. This is what we call sanctification. It is the heart and the essence of the Christian life. But you know, there are a lot of people in our society today who do not know God. There are a lot of people in, uh, outside the walls of the church, but I would say there are also some inside the walls of the church who if we say to them, God loves you, their answer is, what does that mean? What does it mean? when we say, God loves you. Now, it's a really important question because 
the love of the world is infinitely different than God's love. And if all you know is the love of the world, it's going to make no sense at all to hear a phrase like, God loves you. The, what, the kind of love that our society knows is based upon images like these, Phil, will help us out here, beaches and sunsets and beautiful people. You can go to the next one. Beautiful people, perfect people jumping for joy. Look at how happy they are in the blue sky and clouds. And then there's this image of love. Uh, yes, the bachelor and the bachelorette series which is in many people's minds the epitome of human love. You see, it's this sort of physical and emotional connection between people which are forms of love that the New Testament knows. I mean, Jay told us a couple weeks ago that there is eros, which is a kind of physical love. There's Philia or phylos, which is an emotional bond between human beings. And these two kinds of loves are loves that human beings can know. But the problem is without the highest form of love, which is God's own love, which is agape, these kinds of love can fall short, can fall apart. In fact, for any of you who... and Mind you, this is not my cup of tea, but for any of you who follow this, uh, I looked it up. There have been 33 seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and there have been maybe five or six of those couples who fall in love at the end of the show who actually have made it. Okay, that's maybe, maybe 20%. And something is wrong with this idea of human love because it's a physical love, it's an emotional love, and as important as those kinds of love are, the problem is that it's agape love, it's God's own love that is the glue that binds it all together. It is the essence of what it is to love. And without God's love, which is higher and deeper and wider and truer than our understanding of human love, that love can be broken. We all have heard people who say, well, we just fell out of love, or I, I just don't love you anymore, or the flame is gone, or whatever it may be, human love can, like anything else that's of the, the world and in our lives as human beings, can be broken, can be painful, can be torn apart. It's a fallen world in which we live. And you see, God's love, this agape love, is so vastly different from what we understand as human love that it's almost impossible for people to grasp that difference at times. So I was trying to think, how do I illustrate how God's love is qualitatively of a different order than human love? And, and you know, I decided that, well, so much of our love 
as we know it in the society is, is uh, uh, popular songs and movies and, and the TV shows and, and uh, online dating. Nothing against online dating, but that's supposed to be the epitome of where you find lasting love. And so I decided, well, maybe I should make an online dating profile for God. Not really, but I did, and here it is. Here's God's match profile, and, and you can see that God can't upload a photo, so first of all, right off the bat, we know people are just going to scroll on. You don't contact anybody without a photo. And then, you know, God has all these different nicknames. You know, Yahweh, Jehovah, Elohim, I am, Jesus. You know, after a while, you're starting to think, well, this is kind of sketchy. Why, why does, you know, someone have all these different names that they use? And, of course, age-wise, well, older than Moses and Methuselah, eternal. I don't know how appealing, you know, this, this character would be, marital status, single. I could have put up there, well, but in a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that would not be too attractive to be in a relationship um, and to be older than Moses. And uh, location, everywhere and nowhere. All right, so this God is already, like, attracting a lot of, uh, you know, uh, likes and whatever. And then the about me, which I'm not sure you can read. It's kind of little down there. But it says, I'm looking for a long-term relationship with you. My favorite activities are saving the world, creating everything, and performing miracles. My work keeps me super busy, but I will always be available to you. I'm good with words. <laughs> now, it is silly, but what it does is show us that somehow we know deep down within that the, that the love of God, that this agape love is just so infinitely different than our understanding of human love. That God's love is wider and deeper and higher and truer and we need to be able to get our heads around what this love is that is the most powerful force in the world, in the universe. Now, 1 John is an interesting kind of letter because it is about love, but the reason that it's written is that these people in the community of faith that John has uh, written about and now is writing to are people who began well. They were in love with God and Jesus Christ. They showed love to one another. But over time, there began to be factions and dissent within that community of faith. I know that never happens. But these people began to organize themselves with like-minded people and said, we're not going to get along with or agree with you people. And really, the bond within that church was being pulled and stretched to its capacity. And so John writes to this church and says, look, the bond that holds us together is the love of God poured out in Jesus Christ. 
The bond that holds us together is God. It's not putting ourselves, our interests first, but we have to remember what the love of God in Jesus Christ is. That's what makes us the church and allows us to overflow into the world as God asks us to do. And so John has a number of things here that he's trying to tell us about agape love. And there are at least four things that I think are important for us to understand. And when we do, we begin to understand what it means when we say, God loves you. So the first thing that John is going to tell us is that God is love. It is God's very nature. It is who God is to be loved. We think about a lot of other characteristics of God, but everything that God is boils down to this idea that God is love. That God so loved the world that God would overflow in the form of Jesus Christ who would actually die on behalf of all of us. God's love is a bolder, fiercer, fuller kind of love than almost anything we experience as human beings. Once in a while, you will see someone who actually runs into a fire and, and grabs the child uh, at the risk of his or her own life, but very seldom do we see that kind of love that God has shown. It is God's nature. It is who God is. And by extension, when we open ourselves and have faith in Jesus Christ, that is the kind of love that should fill us. It should become our very nature. We should grow more and more to be people of love who overflow into the world. Love should be our very nature in Christ. But beyond that, we find something else very interesting about God's love. And that is, as we have seen, there are many things that will tear apart human love. There are so many things that can drive a wedge between human love. Finances, anger, illness, yes, death. All these things that come into play that pull us apart, sometimes even just plain neglect will drive a wedge between human relationships. But the thing about God is this. God's love is steadfast, is constant. God loves us always. There is no way that God ever falls out of love with any one of God's human creatures. God's love, even before we know Christ, is reaching out to us, is calling to us, is loving us. God's love is constant. It never fails. We can turn and walk away from God, but God's love is going to continue to pursue us and continue to pursue every human being you know, I know at times that all of us reach a point where we're, we're just at the point of giving up on someone. That we just get to the point where we say, you know, there's nothing I can do. I have tried everything. I'm not even sure I can love you anymore uh, the way you are. 
And God says, I will love you forever. God will continue to love even the ones that we may at times find unlovable because there is nothing in the whole of creation that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. God is love. God's love is eternal, unbreakable, unquenchable. But there's more than that. God's love is life-giving. The basic thing we know about God's love poured out in Jesus Christ is that God lays down his life on the cross so that we might have life in that abundantly, in that in fullness, and that eternally. Every time we face a death-dealing situation in the world, God's love says, I offer you resurrection. I bring you life, not death. Whenever the church is speaking a word of death to anybody, that is not God's love. That's human love because God's love always seeks to give life and that abundantly and in its fullness. So, God is love. God's love never ends. God's love seeks to give life in that abundantly. That's agape love. But then it all boils down, I think, to this. When we say God loves you, we're saying you matter. You matter to God. In a society, in a world that constantly tells people that you're not good enough, not smart enough, not rich enough, not pretty enough, not fit enough, not young enough, not whatever enough, the word of agape love is you matter. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I love the creation in which my image has been planted. You matter. So I think about millennials at times today. You know, Jay's age group is the first one that has grown up with this constant social media connection, right? Everything is, they spend their time posting and snapping and tweeting and I don't know what else because I don't know half of the apps that are out there. What? All of the above. They're constantly doing this. And, and we know that people put up like these glorious lives, right? All these friends they have, all these great adventures they have, how they're in love and loved and everything is beautiful. But so many of these millennials deep within in the quiet of their own space are saying, what's wrong with me? Why can't I have that? Why aren't I loved? Because you see, it's always the, I would even say the lie of the devil, the lie of everything that opposes the goodness of God to say you're not worthy. You're not as good as someone else. You don't have what it takes to be loved. That's right. See? See those other lives? Or I think about all the sociological studies that have been done with children of color. And the researcher goes in with a light-skinned doll 
in a dark-skinned doll and has this four- or five-year-old in front of them, and they say, okay, which one of these dolls is good? Which one of these dolls is pretty? Which one of these dolls is lovable? And these children choose the light-skinned doll because society has continually told them that to be loved and, and respected and beautiful, you're supposed to look like Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. And I'm here to tell you, there's nobody in this room who looks like them. But we set up these standards that make God's love into a lie and must be rejected. And the church has been uh, equally at bad at times. You know, think about single parents. The church has often said, you can't be loved here. Think about the homeless. Think about ex-offenders. Uh, kids in high school who are geeks. On and on and on. We give this message that you are not worthy of love. And God's message is that is the lie. Because agape love tells us that you, whoever you are, just as you are, were made by God and loved absolutely forever and eternally by God. You matter to God. And there is nothing anyone can do or say that will ever change the reality of God's love for each and every one of us. And if that's true, then the church's job is to so embody this agape love that we overflow into the community with this love of Christ and this message that you matter to God. You matter to God. Which is why we say, God loves you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.